paraphrase Paul's message from verse 7. Since God has given us a, a spirit of power and love and discipline, therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. The apostle, in his present reduced circumstances, is not affected with a, an identity crisis. He knows exactly who he is. More importantly, he knows exactly whose he is. First, he has temporarily been given the title prisoner. It is important to note here the authority Paul recognizes. It is that of our Lord, not of Rome. By the authority of our Savior Christ Jesus, he acknowledges his appointment to three intertwined roles, preacher, apostle, and teacher. Even with the overshadowing of Paul's status as prisoner, these roles are permanent and binding, superseding any earthly authority. Just for a moment. Consider the current day images associated with prisoners. Handcuffs, the infamous perp walk, mugshots, and orange jumpsuits. Each, when placed on public display, conjure visions of shame. Paul offers Timothy an admonition. Do not be ashamed. He is also prophesying. Suffering for the sake of the gospel will come. This is not a possibility. It is a reality. The apostle is extending an invitation. Join me. After all, he says, Look at the source, the power of God. Look at what he has already done. He saved us from certain death, eternal death. More than that, God has called us with a holy calling according to his own purpose. And possibly even more than our calling, is the extreme grace 
granted each of us in Jesus, the Messiah, a grace that has its origin in eternity. Christ's extraordinary grace was a mystery until it was revealed by the life, death, and resurrection of the Savior himself. Death, as demonstrated at the cross, was declared over, finished. The gospel brought to you by the courtesy of God in Christ Jesus brings eternal life. But we have three requirements to be included in this incredible body. Belief in the Word of God. Trust in God Almighty as revealed in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Obedience. Following the calling of God according to His plan. Continuing in verse 12. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard, through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Paul understands very well that his beliefs are the lone indictment leading to his current circumstance. And he is unashamed. The apostle is secure in his identity in Jesus Christ. It is the Savior who Paul knows is trustworthy to safeguard the gospel until that day. That day, in somewhat mysterious terminology, holds the hope we all have. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Also in chapter 3, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. Jesus himself says in Luke chapter 17, verses 24 and 30, For just like the lightning, when it flashes out of one part of the sky, shines to the other part of the sky, 
so will the Son of Man be in his day. It will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. Paul wrote in his letter to the Philippians, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. We must have such confidence and patience. In his two letters to the saints in Thessalonica, Paul wrote, For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night, and that you not be quickly shaken from your composure, or be disturbed either by a spirit, or a message, or a letter, as if from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Words of warning and encouragement for preparation given to the ancient churches and to us. Paul completes the first chapter in 2 Timothy 1, verses 15 through 18, with an interesting postscript. You are aware of the fact that all who were in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the house of one Sephorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know very well what services he rendered at Ephesus. Now, picture, if you will, you are a first century Christian, and you get one mention in the entire Bible. Paul uses two diverse examples Timothy likely knows very well. First, with great sadness, he takes note all who are in Asia turned away from me, not dissimilar to the disciples who abandoned Jesus once he was arrested. Paul experiences abandonment by the persecuted Christians being rounded up by the Romans. Then there's one Sephorus. Not only does this loyal disciple go to Rome when called, but he searches for Paul until he finally locates him in Mamertine. Paul responds with a prayer that Christ would be merciful to one Sephorus and his household on 
that day. Persistence has its reward. For now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.